Hi, weather friends. Welcome to the Girls Who Chase podcast, stories of women in weather and storm chasing. I'm Jen. I'm a storm chaser and science communicator, and I'll be your host. Girls Who Chase is a new initiative that empowers and inspires girls and women around the world to pursue the sciences, the weather, and their passions. On this podcast, we'll bring you the badass female and female-identified voices of the storm-chasing weather and science community to raise and tackle some real-life tough questions and issues and identify solutions and paths forward. You can find out more about what we're doing at girlswhochase.com. Now, on to the show. I'm really excited to be having this conversation with all of you, and I am welcoming Mike Scantlin. Cameron Nixon, Nicholas Isabella, and Skip Talbot. And I just want to spend a little bit of time going around and and having everyone uh, introduce themselves, talk about how long you've been chasing and kind of what your what your fascination is or your area of expertise. And so let's start with Mike. Hello, I'm Mike Scanlon. I've been chasing since 2003. Um, it's a lot longer ago than it seems. It went by pretty quick, but um you know, right now I just chase for local media. I do some stuff for national media as well. And, um, you know, most of my focus lately has been on just local live storm coverage. I think that's a pretty important part of, of the, the storm chasing realm and how it affects the public, um, directly. So that's what I've been focusing on. I'd like, I'd like to have some funding to do some real tornado science at some point. Um, I've gotten pretty into the drone thing here the last couple of years, but, uh, you know, we'll just see how that goes right now. I'm just, um, Waiting for spring, hoping for some snow, chasing some snow. And uh, you know, I know everyone loves snow as much as I do, right? So um, oh, yeah. I'm happy to be here. And I'm, you know, it's, I'm humbled and honored to be a part of this group and have this conversation with you guys. Thanks, Mike. And for sure, yeah, we're all super excited about snow. Absolutely. <laughs> I am. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> all right. And with that, Cameron Nixon, how's it yeah. going? Well, I, um, so I'm a PhD student at uh, Central Michigan University, so you could probably tell uh, I don't do a lot of chasing currently. Um, I, I've always kind of considered myself a wannabe chaser because I'll, I'll take the summer vacations, but that's about it. Um, but I've been since 2015, I think. That's when I first really got into it. And uh, I, I do a lot of work on understanding wind shear and how that impacts supercells. So that, awesome. that's my bio. Thank you. All right, Nick. Hey, my name is Nicholas. I live on the East Coast in New York City, and I started as a landscape photographer about 10 or 12 years ago, mostly just doing that. And I realized I can go down to the waterfront here in New York City, and every once in a while we'll get lightning. So that kind of got me into that aspect of it. I've always been into weather, though, since I was a little kid. When I was like 10 years old, we had a big blizzard. He had a blizzard of 96, and that's kind of what got me hooked into weather. Uh, and a few years ago, I met some friends who would go out into the plains and chase and do hurricanes as well. And, uh, I've been addicted to chasing ever since then. Awesome. So you really are excited about snow. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's a little bit of a, of a dry for me, but, uh, I'm excited for some lake effects snow. Awesome. Well, thank you for being with us <laughs> and skip. Hi, I'm Skip. Um, I actually hate snow, so I'm really glad <laughs> that uh, it's been such a mild winter. But uh, yeah, like uh, Mike here, I started chasing in 2003. I'm a software developer. Just started uh, started on my own there. And uh, yeah, it was the 1990 Playfield. 
flip by that got me interested in tornadoes. Um, it impacted the town, uh, the next town where I lived. I've been fascinated with tornadoes ever since. And then I eventually just started doing it on my own. Um, I teamed up with uh, my longtime Chase partner, Jennifer Wrigley Ubel, in 2011. And uh, we were with the TIB for a season in 2015, working on Shaw KC's second IMAX movie. And uh, since then, I've been working with uh, Anton and Tracy Simon and several other people, Hank Shima, on uh, doing some tornado research with some projects that Anton's been leading uh, in tornado photogrammetry research. So that's what we're doing currently. Awesome. I just want to hear from all of you, if possible. I mean, you've, you all enthusiastically agreed to join me here to have this conversation. And I'm wondering why you think it's important that we're talking about this. And I'll, I'll throw this out to everyone to weigh in as you see fit. Uh, honestly, it. I, one of the main reasons that I enthusiastically said yes to this is because like, it makes me uncomfortable, like to talk about this and like, maybe it affects other people to varying degrees, but like, I realized that it made me uncomfortable and I'm like, why, why is it making me uncomfortable? And so like, I want to kind of figure that out. I agree. I appreciate Yeah. That I really appreciate the honest response. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. Cameron. Thank you. I think there's this stereotype that's been around even not just in the chaser community but in the weather community and broadcast meteorology that are female for a very long time you know a lot of people have this notion that men are better at women and at a certain task especially in this field uh, and i think it's really important to break down that barrier and to show people that that's not the case to me this is um a, a learning experience uh probably more than it is a, a sharing experience for me so uh that's why I'm happy to be here. But, uh, but yeah, I, I'm definitely interested in, in all of the different perspectives people have to share. And uh, I feel like I've learned a lot from my Chase partner over over the years. She's definitely taught me a whole bunch. And in fact, I'm a totally different person um, because of, of the experiences she's shared. Oh, how do you go after that? Those are some good answers. Um, I think we're we're in a new landscape as a society where things are changing. We're in a transition period where we realize that things are not even and things are not as they should be. And, you know, to, to see your, your page pop up on Instagram and see, oh man, this is such a good idea. I can't believe this wasn't already a thing, but you know, it's important because representation matters so much to young weather enthusiasts who have, you know, so many people to look up to, but not nearly as many, um, you know, female role models as, as there should be. And, um, you know, this is a great place to start and, you know, it's not just women, it's, it's, you know, all the minorities that are involved, the LGBTQ communities and the different racial and religious minorities. We have, we have a lot of that in storm chasing and, um, you know, they don't, they don't get the type of coverage or attention that they should. And, you know, to try and break down the, the difference between calling someone, well, she's a great female chaser or she's just a great storm chaser because there are so many great female storm chasers that are. Uh, referred to in that in that manner and it's you know it, we got to get rid of some of those adjectives and see them as as just great storm chasers or meteorologists i'm i'm stuck in the storm chaser world but i mean it's a, an all-encompassing thing yeah absolutely well thank you all for for uh sharing your thoughts i i wanted to keep that as open-ended as possible because i was just curious um where you all were sitting with that so 
let's kind of get into the meat of this initially with defining who a storm chaser is. And I want to do that because I think it's important to set the foundation for how we got here. Like, why do we need to have this conversation? Why do we think that women aren't as well represented or minorities or other different types of folks who are, you know, equally as part of the community as everyone else? So how has our history um, collectively in storm chasing, how has that helped dictate cultural understanding of who a storm chaser is? And I want to talk about a couple of things specifically to kind of set the stage for this conversation. And and the first is, um, you know, this paradox of women in the sciences and more particularly women in meteorology, um, because I think that's that's definitely an important part of our history here. Um, And I'm looking at Cameron just a little bit because I know he's living in that world right now um, and he's mentioned it to me a couple of times. And Cameron, I'm I'm just curious about your thoughts. Culturally, like, you know, you've mentioned that there are folks you've you've crossed paths with or who went to university prior to you um, who've kind of paved a path in some regards and. Um, are still being kind of thrown up there as as role models. Is that because they haven't been followed by folks or is it just because they've become famous? Or where do you think we stand right now with, with women in the sciences and the crossover into the weather universe? Yeah. So science specifically, yeah. I mean, I, I graduated from Valpo. Go Valpo. I, I love that place. And uh, I... You know, like when every incoming class, like you had the couple girls who would come in and be like, I want to be the next Ginger Z. It was always Ginger Z. And, and for good reason, because Ginger is an absolutely fantastic human being and she's incredibly successful. Um, and she was Valpo's, um, pride because she, she was an alum. And I just, you know, like I, I got the sense that we as the, the the people who were a little bit more nerdy like myself and and my friends who are in my little circle um especially my female friends they did not have a similar role model right like they're, they're expected to also look up to ginger z and, and praise ginger z which again fantastic human being deserves all of it um but there's just there wasn't a role model for that and Another thing I was thinking about is that, like, one of the only role models that I've heard from uh, similar women are or was um, Joe from Twister. And I think that's totally awesome. And like, I, I, I know people who have had like fictional role models because it's, it's pretty cool. But I it's just also kind of sad that that was, you know, one of the only ones it was a fictional character. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone is smiling and nodding right now. Yeah. Ain't that the sad truth? <laughs> yeah. Um, any other thoughts on the culture of academia and the sciences and how that may have contributed? Um, I mean, it's it's no secret that it is incredibly male dominated, or at least it has been for a very long time. And have you actually found that to be true? I mean in your day to day, right? Because you live in the sciences more or less because of what you do. 
Yeah. Have you, have you found that reflective of your experience? So no, I, I've not, well, like that, that sounds like, I don't know what's going on, but <laughs> no, but I, what I mean, no, is I mean, my, my class, my age group, my, my circles. Um, so, and that like, uh, that's a pleasantly surprised no, is that like, I can, again, I can look up and like in the older generations and I very much see this issue and like, that's what's, it's just going to have a, a snowballing effect. Um, but I see that I acknowledge that I also see that it's, it's pleasantly surprising how little I feel like my age group has that issue currently, which is very good. That's amazing to hear. And, you know, it's funny, I have spoken with several folks in academia in varying fields recently, and that experience has been reflected mostly across the board. So yeah. it is clear that we're finally at a time where that shift is occurring. Yeah. So that's that's great to hear. All right. Well, the next one is for you then, Mike, because I think you can speak to this a lot, a lot more. How do you think, and I, I'd like input from all of you, um, but I'll start with Mike for obvious reasons. How do you think TV shows and media coverage of storm chasing has helped or harmed us in this regard? I think it's, it's kept kind of a, it, it goes, it's a flat line. You know, the, the media coverage is kind of indicative of, of how women are treated in society. We don't have like strong storm chaser role models on TV. None of the reality shows have, have had strong, it's always been a storm chaser's girlfriend or someone who's riding along or, you know, Dr. Josh Waterman's assistant. There hasn't been, uh, except for the Twister sisters, they did have, uh, was it one or two seasons? Uh, they had a reality show on, uh, it was Network, and it was two seasons and they saw some great tornadoes those two years. They, um, you know, that show should have kept going. It was a, a great representation of some of the best female chasers that some of the best storm chasers see caught myself there. Some of the best storm chasers that have ever, that have ever done it. There are some of the best chasers out there and, you know, they got two seasons, which is way more than, you know, anyone else has, has managed to scrounge up out of the Hollywood, I guess we could call it, but, um, you know, we could do more with, with how much media coverage storm chasing gets, um, you know, it's not, it's not accurate and it's not, um, women are not represented in that as, as much as they should be. And, you know, at all, really, um, media chasers, lo local news coverage, you know, Emily Sutton, there are, there are meteorologists who go chasing, but I wouldn't call them like real storm chasers. I wouldn't consult, call them a, you know, like a, they're not hardcore die, diehard storm chasers. They're just media people who they send out in a truck. And, um, you know, some of them, some of them have seen some really good stuff, but you know, I wouldn't say that they are, they're pushing, pushing things the right direction by any means. I think from, I can't speak to the, you know, reality TV show side of it, but I would love to see more, uh, females names on TV when it comes to selling footage of storms, kind of like what Mike was just saying, you know, every time I turn on the weather channel, you know, I'll see, uh, a male's name from SVL, a male's name on LSM, you know, and I would love to see more female to get their footage out there too. Uh, it's funny back on September 1st, we had the remnants of hurricane Ida up in the Northeast. And there was like a dozen tornadoes or something. Uh, and my wife actually saw her first tornado that day. And she always jokes at me because I always make a big deal about selling, uh, about people stealing my footage online. 
And I, when I look back, my wife is the one that filmed the tornado <laughs> with my camera. So she's like, I'm going to report you for copyright infringement. Oh, you Well, next time I, I should really, sub I should submit her name and make, you know, and start doing that. But yeah, I would love to see more of that. Anything to add, Skipper Cameron? Yeah, um, I'm not uh, ashamed to admit that I am a twister era chaser. So I, when I was little, storm chasing was done by uh, stuffy scientists in lab coats, you know, like these nerdy white guys at the university. And like, that was a very small group and uh, very few people did that. They were special scientists. And when I saw Twister at age 12, um, it opened my eyes and, oh my gosh, like normal people do this thing. And I knew since then that I wanted to be a storm chaser. So to me, from the beginning, seeing Joe, the fictional storm chaser character, the strong woman lead in that movie. To me, that was kind of almost the norm. Like, oh, okay, this is what it's like. And and that was my first real introduction to storm chasing beyond say that the Nova specials from the eighties and, uh, and that kind of stuff. So um, it's been interesting to follow along as we go here. And again, I'm kind of oblivious to all these issues until I get more immersed in it myself chasing with my chase partner and, and meeting all kinds of people and in the computer science um, realm where I'm coming from, it is extremely male dominated. As you know, um, it's probably like 90 something percent male. Uh, but again, like uh, Cameron was talking about, I do think that's shifting. And a lot of the other sciences are very heavily uh, female now or, or good mix, I should say. Uh, but I see the mix, for example, my wife is a molecular biologist and chemist. And I know in her field, it's very close to 50-50, which is, is really cool to see. So um, yeah, it's been interesting to, to kind of track along with it. And uh, I do see a positive uh, a shift there, at least from the limited perspective I have. But uh, yeah, it started very kind of nerdy white guy dominated. I think it's opening up over the years. So I did have something else to add. Um, I'm very, <laughs> the people who know me closer, I'm really into like personality types and like what, how that might reflect out in chasing as well. And the thing I've noticed even more broadly, not, not even in this, this male female conversation is that there really are kind of two main types of chasers. And the first type are, you know, just the, the extreme and the, the in your face and those uh, those kind of in your face people tend to be in the face of media a lot more as well um just by default because they're good at it um and then there's people who like myself will virtually just shut everyone out when they're out chasing and that skip i know skip is definitely like that too um and i, I like that's i i admire the people like that but they don't they don't get the coverage as as much as the louder folks do. And that's just because they don't want it. So like, uh, I think that might play a little bit into this and in, in terms of like, what's masculine as, as being a little bit more louder and more demanding of, of attention, I guess, than feminine. Um, but that's just me spitballing. That's actually a perfect transition to my next point, which is do media and culture reward the zero metering, windshield blowing, you know, seemingly mildly reckless chasers? Um, 
who get in there and get the footage, right? I mean, it's it's like anything, right? It's not just with chasing. It's, um, you know, they say if it bleeds, it leads when it comes to news coverage. And so if you've got a chaser who's being sideswiped um, by something or in the outer circulation of something versus footage from someone who's safely a couple of miles away getting structure shots, which do you think is actually going to make it to the news? Um, and how much has that also contributed? Because just from a pure numbers perspective, you're a lot less likely to get the zero metering windshield blowing types um, from a female chaser for a variety of reasons. I mean, personality, everything else. So, um, and why don't we, and I'm kind of looking at Skip a little bit for this. Why do you think we don't necessarily reward or even see the ones who are properly or safely chasing and covering the way that we might encourage someone to? And is that something that needs to be rectified? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. Um, it, it's tough for me to really pin down one particular thing or, or point at one thing. I would say absolutely that when you, when you're driving into the tornado to get the shot that, that you're going to be promoted as the most extreme of storm chasers. And, um, I mean, uh, maybe, maybe a little hypocritical being on Sean Casey's crew where that was the ultimate goal <laughs> of driving into the tornado. Um, but, but, um, but yeah, you, you do see that, uh, do see some of the more reckless behavior being promoted. Um, uh, and at the same time, I think you do see, uh, a lot of the, the other chasers maybe, maybe are not in your face with their name as much, but they do, they do stand out to me like somebody like Mike Collingshead, you know, he's, He's really low key, laid back. He's hanging back. Um, he's not driving into the tornado, but yet he's got these shots on cover National Geographic. And, and so you do see some chasers, you know, the, the Tim Samaras, who is, who is really focused on, on uh, kind of prioritizing um, uh, his, uh, I, you know, I would say he was more conscious about uh, being safety minded and and his positioning and, and the science mission rather than he was making a name for himself and, and being portraying himself as, as the most extreme chaser. But, uh, yeah, I do think that definitely plays, uh, it, it probably does definitely play a role into kind of the, the stereotype of, of who a chaser is and what they're like for sure. Um, more I think about it too, it's like the, I mean, why would the media reward that is because literally your five senses are being stimulated more with these close-up angles, right? Like you get the sound, you get the visual, you get like, you can feel it, right? Like you, it's all five senses when you're up close, but like, what is there to glorify in a media sense if you're five miles away from the thing? I mean, it, it looks pretty. And if you're like me, like trying to figure out how it's working, but there's not, there's nothing stimulating about that. And which is why I think like people, um, uh, like just the, the time-lapse industry, um, I, I think there is some gold still to be had there, um, because they are making shots like that a little bit more glorious, if you will. I was just gonna allude to that myself, cause I know some great female, uh, storm chasers 
that uh, do amazing, amazing time lapse from far away. And I wonder if it's just them not getting noticed enough is the reason that these aren't being purchases. Because we see males in the industry do really well with time lapse video and become really successful. So I think there is a place for that. Um, on the flip side, I would love to see more women zero meter tornadoes too. Because I think that's, oh, yeah. that's all. So, <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, so, so maybe we could uh, do that. But yeah. All the people that were inspired by the Joe Harden character are all, you know, 18, 19 years old. Everyone, the shift that we're seeing is probably going to be happening across the board where the young female storm chasers kind of come up and come to, come into their own right there. But, um, you know, to each their own, chase however you want to chase. But the more exciting stuff is always going to catch the headline. Um, remember Andy Gabrielson? Nobody could sell a tornado video in 2010 because he was 12 feet from every tornado we saw. And they ruffled a lot of the people's feathers, but like, it's kind of like, who do you blame? Do you blame the chaser or do you blame the media for, you know, creating the market where that's what you want? Or do you blame the chaser who's dumb enough to get six feet from the tornado to get the shot? Uh, you know, as long as you're not endangering anyone else, you know, what really does it matter other than that it kind of overshadows, you know, other people who deserve the attention. Um, you know, as far as breaking news sales go, that's always, you're, it's just, it's, you're going to be hard, but it's going to be hard to, to get past that. But uh, you know, in the time-lapse realm, in the photography realm, there are a lot of great chasers that are doing, you know, a lot of, I mean, Obinsky stuff blows up every time. Dustin, like their, their stuff is uh, mega viral, like way more, way more views than a tornado video from, you know, 15 feet away. So I, I think there's value in both of them. It's just that the big time-lapses don't get, don't hit the morning news because they take forever to to edit and it's more cinematic than just like a breaking news video. But, um, you know, I think probably time lapses are more valuable in the long run and they get more views, I would think. So is it possible too, that some of this creates kind of a self-perpetuating cycle where, you know, the folks who are producing the content that media want tend to be largely male. So then when something happens again, the media turn to the people they know and it becomes harder and harder for people who don't fit that char characteristic or who is or who is well known to just kind of break into that and create a name for themselves. Right. Well, it all comes day. down to, to networking. They reach out to people that they've bought from before. Those are the first people they reach out to. So, um, yeah. you know, I, I think we're headed the right direction. I think that that's going to shift with as the numbers change, um, as different um Different types of storm chasers, you know, grow into their their own type of content creation. I think you're going to see more female chasers selling extreme tornado video, or, or you know, female storm chasers selling time lapses, or, um, you know, I think we're moving the right direction. I guess is my basic point there. Um, I, I hope, and you know, from what I've seen the three other guys say here, I think we are. And I think it's really important, Jen, what you're doing, everything with girls who chase because hopefully this draws more attention to it and it helps other uh, chases get noticed too, you know? It's the idea. <laughs> that is the hope. I mean, I want to transition a little bit into the impact of doing nothing, right? And some of that, you know, you all met, mentioned media sales, whether it's footage or photography. And um, even in, just in my short kind of four and some change years as an active member of the chasing community, 
um, I've seen some very strange things <laughs> on my path. Um, and a lot of that, I think, is determined by culture or cultural expectations, which are set by, in many cases, media. Um, like people see things on the media. That's how they develop their own personal definitions of the way the world is. And then the media wants to meet the needs and expectations of what they think the people want, which were originally defined by the media. So we're kind of trapped in this, you know, I keep mentioning this self-perpetuating cycle. Um, and the outcomes of that is that it's just a lot harder for women to break into some of these scenarios because of, because of that. And so, you know, like um, one of my favorite anecdotes, and I say favorite in quotation marks, is you know, an amazing photographer that posted something on Twitter a couple of months ago. And the first comment she got was, who took that? And like, why, why are you asking? Like, she going to just post somebody else's photo? Like, of course she took that, you know? And so I think we're still seeing this kind of resistance to um, accepting women in, in all different types of capacities whatever, whatever that might be. And, and it ultimately it does affect the bottom line. I mean, it, it affects video sales. I've experienced that myself. Um, it affects, you know, how easy it is to break into photography in a lot of different arenas. Um, it might affect jobs to some degree, like whether people think you're capable of doing a certain job, whether it's, you know, in the sciences or broadcasting or something of that nature. So. Um, I mean, that's why it's important, I think, that we're talking about how do we start to shift that and, and what does that look like? So on that note, let's talk about what it takes to start to shift that. So um, the, the topic of this conversation was what support looks like. So we're having, we're, I'm talking to you because you are the ones ultimately who are supporting this endeavor because ultimately this is not just uh, me doing this or women in chasing doing this. This is the chasing community collectively writ large. And obviously the hope is over time it will be much, I mean, ultimately this is much bigger than the chasing community, right? We're using chasing um, almost as like a micro example of how we want to make these changes. And it's a good micro example because it really is affected by a lot of the things that we've talked about. and. Um, maybe might, because it's smaller in some ways, it might be easier to shift. And we just have to try some of these things out. So let's break down what supporting women in chasing looks like, essentially. And I have a few ideas I, I'd want to throw out there. Um, but obviously, I really want to hear from you all, um, you know, what do you feel like either you've done that you felt like was effective or that you've seen others do that was effective that that you want to throw out there to talk about? I think for me personally, using the power of social media at our fingertips for me is the best way to amplify other voices uh, within the chasing community. Uh, if we're on a storm and, you know, you look around down the road and you might see a few hundred chasers. When I'm scrolling Twitter timeline that night, I'll go out of my way to retweet that female chaser as opposed to one of the guys on my timeline because the photos are identical. So it's better, more beneficial to amplify the female voices. And her pictures are better. <laughs> Most of the time we are. Absolutely. 
I've looked at some photos and I look at mine. I'm like, oh, I'm, I want to delete mine. I don't even want to post it anymore. <laughs> well, what a great representation. These, this, like all four of us are from like completely different backgrounds and different subsectors of storm chasing. But, uh, you know, I think we're all here for the same reason because we support what you're doing and what you're doing is a great first step to, to get the ball rolling. And, um, you know, I think the problem with Instagram is it's hard to, to share and, and promote things that are on Instagram because there's no retweet button or share button. But uh, I recently, because I'm old, just realized that you can share other people's posts to your story. And, uh, Boomer. you know, I, I, when I realized that, I thought three or four of things in the same day. Like I was spamming, I was probably spamming your page really, but. Uh, there is no such thing. But yeah. Nick is, Nick is absolutely right. We all have, Boomer. we all have, a, all four of us have platforms in kind of different areas of storm chase. And uh, that's a great place to, to start is us supporting what you're doing. And when you say supporting what I'm doing, as in like putting forward and promoting content, like right. photos so or whatever. You're, yes, you're essentially you're a, a centralized hub for, for female storm chasers and meteorologists and photographers that otherwise, otherwise wouldn't have um, a hub to kind of broadcast out to areas where they wouldn't have been seen. And, uh, you know, I think it's fantastic. And I'm happy to, to share your posts and the posts of the people that you promote. I'm particularly interested in the not because inevitably there is going to be some high school girl who finds this account and, you know, is kind of into chasing and that's how she gets into um, academia. That, that's going to happen. Right. Well, they all, it all starts with like something visually appealing and then you, you get into it and then you're like, well, this is the direction I want to go. But yeah. the attention grabbing part is the most important part, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's a great point, Cameron. Um, if someone were to ask me who our audience is, it's really like, obviously, it's everyone who loves chasing. But at the end of the day, there's a reason it's called Girls Who Chase. Yeah. And it's, it's, I, it, if I ever hear, and I've already kind of started to hear some of this, that someone either felt empowered, enabled, inspired, to make a change to what they're studying or to start chasing or to get into the sciences because of this, then uh, my job is done here. So, yeah, I mean, if it'd be great to, you know, down the road, try to figure out, <laughs> try to find some of those people, but um, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, like I was just thinking about it like when i first started chasing like who'd i follow i, I followed like tornado titans i followed howling set of course and it's just like those like especially like the groups like the titans it's just like they're they're cool to follow and like i, I learned a lot from that and like it just just this could just become one of those staples that you just tag along with and actually we are collaborating with the titans so yeah. hopefully um down the road that will that will become true good what a great co collaboration to have there yeah seriously that's awesome that's fantastic that's yeah, a, a great idea to me storm chasing um i mean i came in as an amateur outsider but we just as a nobody i was not a meteorology student and uh, i'm not at media so uh, and yet people were sharing their knowledge with me um so to me um storm chasing is whoever wants to 
track a storm. That is a storm chaser in, in the essence. It's not a, it's not a meteorologist or a scientist or, you know, someone with a camera at it. If you're pursuing a storm, you're a storm chaser. So to me, it's always been about because people shared their knowledge with me. Um, I felt compelled to give that. And, and as a result, I've always tried to be very inclusive and encouraging to anyone who showed interest in the field. If you've got that passion, regardless of who you are, um, I try to, I really want to see that promoted. So that's a lot of the motivation for, for what I, for why I try to share what I've learned with other people. So, um, and I hope that benefits everyone across the board. I see um, meteorology students coming up to me at seminars, conferences, and it's, it's encouraging that again, I think there's a, a good 50, 50 mix now and, um, and just in just supporting and encouraging everyone that is coming up through the ranks and who's showing interest in storm chasing. I think that's how we can all, um, show our support and, um, yeah. So a couple, three things I want to, um, throw out there. Um, cause I was brainstorming about this a little bit last night and thinking about what, what has popped up a little bit for me. And I think, um, a couple of ways we can help with this is when men and women chase together and, um, you know, you're all nodding because I know you've had opportunities to do that. Perceptions and language do matter in some regard. And I think women are probably a lot more hypersensitive to that than men just because we were brought up that way. And it's, it's something we think about. Um, but things that have come up or been brought up to me, especially recently, are people make a lot of assumptions about who got you there in the first place. So if you have a male and female and the male maybe is driving, then everyone just assumes that the woman is alone for the ride for example, and may not be contributing or doesn't have the knowledge base to be decision-making, but might be there um, to look nice or take pretty photos, for example. And that has happened <laughs> with me several times. Um, uh, and that, again, is like a cultural cue thing. And it's it's certainly been brought up in other arenas. I mean, it, chasing is not the only area this occurs by any stretch. Um, and so. You know, one thing to maybe throw out there or think about is how do we, um, in content and just otherwise in our speaking, treat women as equals in decision making? Like um, talking about, you know, how we decided to choose what storm versus another or looking at conditions that day or um, and do we find ourselves falling into roles? in some regard, in our speaking or in how we visualized a chase and how do we shift that? What does that look like? Yeah. Um, so here's the thing. Um, it is, it is an ongoing struggle for me. Um, I, I'm going to credit my chase partner with basically radically shifting my entire worldview. So I'm a vastly different person now than I was in 2010. And, um, and it, and it's largely her fault, um, I, um, because she, she really introduced me to a lot of these concepts, um, and it is an ongoing struggle still, um, 
we do delegate our roles. Um, I, I am always the driver and I am almost always the forecaster and, uh, Jen is the photographer and, um, I don't, I don't see a problem with that. Um, I don't want to say she's just the photographer or because I'm forecasting, I'm the storm chaser. Absolutely not. I always try to package us as we're a team. We're doing this together. And people will say, Skip, will you do this project? Will you come over here and do this? Um, how about you join us for this? And I always try to include Jen um, with that. I say, hey, mainly the reason I am a storm chaser is because I have this chase partner. And together we are, we are a much better chase team as a result. I'm basically handicapped without Jen when I'm out there solo. So when, when I'm with the TID, for example, I'm saying, well, Jen's got to come with me because I'm really not a great chaser. I'm just by myself. So um, I, I'm always trying to include her as yes, we together, we are, we are the chase team that works. It's not, it's not one person in this role or, or one person in another. Um, and it is, it's everything coming together and clicking and it's, it's working well together. That really makes it happen. So, so yeah, I, I think trying to see you know, your female chase partners as, you know, co-peers and, and equal in the same world. Um, I think that really helps, but we still struggle with it to this day. Um, we had a couple of really bad busts this year out in Kansas and, um, and there was, there was quite a bit of strife within the group. Um, and I felt like people felt like they were getting stepped on and, um, and people felt like they were pulling rank. Um, at times in, in the different groups. And um, so it's something we, we try to be very mindful of, conscious of, and identify and, and work forward and, and fix it. But, but yeah, when you chase, when you chase with different people, different backgrounds, um, you become much more aware of this and, um, and much more aware of how much further you have to go in, in your own, in your own limitations. So, I mean, I think I was really oblivious just going into storm chasing and, and as the world changes, um, I'm, I'm changing a lot with it. So this is a little bit of new territory for me. I got back from the plains in May and starting in like June, we've had nonstop severe weather in the East. We've had like 25 tornadoes in New Jersey. So it seems like every day. And I'm really thankful that my wife has been joining me almost on every single chase this year. Um, so it's a little bit of a new territory, but I mentioned before on September 1st, we went all the way down to South Jersey. We got the Cedars tornado and on the way back, we had this like catastrophic flooding like it was the most flooding new york city have seen in ever and if my wife wasn't by my side i would have been in some serious trouble you know every step of the way she was she was the one navigating you know tell i was driving but to tell me which way to go and what was coming behind us on radar uh so i think it's kind of twofold it's letting the world know and we talked about before using social media how important it is to have a female chase partner and that it's a team effort. It's 50, 50, like Skip alluded to before. Uh, and the other part of it is in the moment, letting your chase partner know how important it is, you know, and I'm guilty of not doing that sometimes, or my wife would make a decision. I would say, no, we can't do that. And nine times out of 10, she's right anyway, you know? So I, I, I definitely think that's twofold there. Yeah. I, I really, I vibe with this too, because I mean, uh, un unfortunately, like most of pretty much all of my go-to chase partners have been men. Um, but like, there is something so sacred about 
that that bond between you and your chase partner because it really is like you you accomplish what you guys can do together i know full well i wouldn't be able to do jack without my chase partner and almost the same in 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 his case and like but together it's just like we can accomplish so much and like now that's like what what skip said and what you just said like that's that's really starting to like spin my gears it's like when i do chase with my my girl friends um i uh, I, i'm gonna put more thought into yeah like this is this is what they contribute like even if they're not like hardcore chasers um and really appreciate like what they bring to the table i think sometimes it seems like it's overkill to loudly voice the value that's been contributed by someone um and i just mean that writ writ large right not just with women um and i think because of that we all have a tendency to not do that as much as we could or should and sometimes it feels weird to do it um you know like i've when i chase with dudes here i feel like they struggle with that sometimes because it seems awkward um and i think maybe that's part of it is normalizing vocalizing these things in a way that feels authentic and comfortable i mean everyone is different in how they communicate information i want to come back to skip but i do want to introduce this one because this i think this is a good transition what are the what is the difference (laughs) and i'm looking forward to the facial expressions i'm gonna get between sharing knowledge and mansplaining and why is that relevant to this conversation? <laughs> I'm really bad at this. <laughs> uh, so, like, because again, you know, falling into these sort of cultural roles that we've talked about, how how do we combat um, assuming that if we have a woman to our side contributing in some equal way, that mansplaining is necessary and how do we confirm that we're not mansplaining that's a tough one (laughs) yeah yeah i mean i think it it starts right with recognizing that the person you're talking to is your equal in every way right because to mansplain there has to be an assumption of a lesser than to some degree right so where where do we start with that a lot of uh, questions being asked online and it's important to, you know, if somebody's looking for an answer, give them that answer to a very specific question that they're asking. Don't go on a whole rant, assuming that they're not knowledgeable in other related areas. You know, and I see that happening all the time on Twitter. Like if somebody asks a question, here's the link, you, you know, you can read more about it if you wish to, but I'm not going to go on a whole rant, you know? That's a good point. Right. Meeting them where they are, not where you are. <laughs> So you, uh, Jen, you asked um, if there was a specific time or story uh, where where Jen had taught me something, um, and I, there is it. My answer would be there's a lot. There's so many I can't just name one. But more to your recent question about mansplaining, that is something I struggle with uh, to this day as well. So when when Jen and I started chasing together. We're in this position where I had 
had a few more years experience and I was a little bit more knowledgeable of forecasting. And so I find myself explaining the mechanics of the chase or the forecast. Um, and I will still do that. And, uh, to the point where I am straight into that, that mansplaining, um, territory. And the great thing about Jen is she is, uh, very strong and, um, and she will call you out on it right away. So she, she stands up for herself and she speaks out. So, and, uh, I think one of my roles is to not just be the one talking or explaining, but to actually be listening. So I try to take a lot of that consideration. It's okay. When Jen says something, um, I've got to actually listen to what she's saying, consider it. Um, and I think that's why we actually make a really good team is because we are, even though we have different backgrounds and different roles in the group. So she is the artistic eye. She's the photographer. She's creative. I am the techno geek guy. And so we, we, we do our own thing, but we, we can listen to each other, play off of each other, um, so that we're effective and then know that the other person understands and don't have to talk down to them. They, and, and if I start to do that, Jen will absolutely step up and, and tell me otherwise. So, um, and so, yeah, and she also checks me all the time. So, whereas I want to be a zero meter chaser, I am guilty of being uh, a reckless Yahoo. I want to drive into the tornado. No, I really do. And, um, <laughs> and, she, and we believe she's you. the one, she's the one that's, she's like, yo, Hey, we're going to get run over by this tornado. We got to go. And so, you know, I have to, I have to step out of my box and listen to that. And so she literally saved our lives on the Orego day. I was going to hold our ground on 15, uh, cause the, the funnel cloud was still a mile and a half away. And she's the one that noticed that the outer rim of the of the bear's cage circulation was rotating at, at the speed of a tornado. And had she not said, yo, it's right here. We have to go now. And if I didn't listen to that, if I, if I tried to talk down onto her at that moment, just like, oh no, you don't know what you're doing. Um, it's fine. The funnel's way back in there. Trust me, I've got more experience. No, it, that just then the thought of doing that to me is absurd. But had I done that, you know, it, it could have literally killed us because I know we were literally 90 seconds death at that point because there was a fatality on the same road a minute and a half later. So, um, so yeah, that it's stuff like that and it's, it's constant and it's ongoing. Every chase is another learning experience where, you know, if something happens, you know, there are lessons to be learned. So I can't name one particular thing, but it's an ongoing struggle. It's an ongoing battle. And, and it's this thing where. We're, we're, we're both explaining to each other what we think and we're both trying to listen. So hmm. that's what I got. It's, it's a great you know, yeah, it is a great example. And it's so interesting that you use that example because, um, I've had the privilege of speaking with Jen twice for a couple of different interviews. And she actually mentioned that you tend to be the big picture thinker who sees things <laughs> coming. So, um, what that tells me is that things that can help with some of this is trust and respect and making sure those are at the forefront of a working relationship where it really at the end of the day can be a life or death thing so that when she does point something out to you, your first response isn't to question her. It's 
to just respect her outright and move. Yeah, yeah. It, it, I mean, it goes both ways for sure. And um, um, that, that bigger picture um, is it's something I try to keep everything running in my head and going on at the same time. So, uh, yeah, um, if, if she... If she points something out and, and I challenge it, yeah, we will have a discussion. So I think it's not more about arguing. It's more about sharing and relying on, on the other person. Um, as yeah, I mean, your chase partner, you trust them with your life. So it is very important to have that, that kind of trust in your relationship for sure. Skip said it's a, it's a constant process of trying to get on the same page, right? Trying to. You know, any progress is good progress and we're all a work in, in progress. And I think the difference between, you know, someone that I see as a good, thoughtful, empathetic person is, you know, if, if you can't look at yourself and say that you're completely different than you were three years ago, four years ago, like if you haven't completely changed and, and shifted your line of thinking, especially over the last few years, then, uh, you know, you're not trying hard enough or you're, you know, too close-minded. And I think that's why we're all here. Is that, uh, you know, we want to, we want to push things the right direction and kind of even the balance. So what outside of, you know, sharing content on social media, which we talked about, are there any sort of small everyday things, the behind the scenes ones or the very public ones that we all could be doing collectively to start to chip away at some of this? Being open to being called out and accepting it yeah I, I got called out on twitter a couple of days ago because i used the term young bucks and you know to to me personally that term encompasses all genders right because i'm i listen to 90s rap so it's old old heads and young bucks because i'm old but you know i when i got called out and i'm not patting myself on the back but you know i'm i'm when what can you say like i you're right. I said that. That's not what I meant, but I can, I understand where it came from, but you have to be open to being criticized and that's how you get better. You have to want to get better. And, uh, you know, it can be approached in in different ways. And sometimes when you go at someone too hard, whenever you're criticizing them, it's obviously not going to be received well. So I, I think it's all about being open and, um, open to criticism from both directions. If, if you come at someone real hard, they're not going to take it well. And, uh, you know, just every day trying to be better. And, you know, as a, a straight white guy living in today's world, every day is, is a new learning experience. My hope is that so many men like Mike said that are open to criticism will reflect on the ones that aren't. Uh, because there is a lot of people and typically it's an older generation that scuff at a conversation like this, you know, they laugh at it and they might not take it seriously. So the more people who do recognize that this is a, a real world problem will open the eyes of, of others who don't. That's a, that's a great point. We haven't really talked about generational cultural things, um, largely because we have a group here that I think is somewhat similar in age, but purposefully chose folks who've been chasing for a while um, and understand some of the ebb and flow of history. Cameron, how about you? Um. I, I just think one of the the easiest, simplest things that you could also do is just to understand who you're dealing with and like understand that that a like they're obviously your equal and b 
like they have just a, a, a huge realm of experience and something that you're not used to dealing with or that it's not your expertise. Like, like I was saying earlier, like we are a lot more balanced gender wise, at least my, my little bubble here in my, my age group that I, I think some people still think this imbalance exists and that these females are not, not in these fields, but they are, and they have credentials that are probably higher than yours. So <laughs> that's yeah. So it does take a little bit of like reading the room <laughs> when, when that opportunity arises and then, you know, taking feedback, um, w about when it's not the right opportunity, which I would imagine then makes you more sensitive the next time. Um, but at the same time, you know, we all have value to add and for folks who like, I, you know, I think Skip's example is a great one because he started chasing before Jen did. And so where do you draw that line, right? You are the educator because you just know more. <laughs> yeah. um, and until she catches up from a knowledge perspective, there is a right time and place to be an educator. But then once she's caught up, that's where then the approach might need to change or the relationship, you know, the back and forth, the way that looks might need to change. So it, it's, it definitely is an extra degree of sensitivity that not everyone is used to having and is a skill to be built over time. Um, and then obviously academia, I think you're adding a whole extra special layer there yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that is probably its own separate conversation. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, that's kind of what I'm hearing from all of you in, in different capacities. Skip, what do you think about that? Yeah, I agree. I think you guys really hit the nail on the head here. I, I would just say, talk to people, listen to people. It's when you, when you engage with other people, that's when you learn and that's when you open yourself up and that's kind of vague BF sounding advice, I guess. But, uh, but that is a little, that's a little thing you do every day. So question for the group, where, what do you think it's going to take to get from she's a great female chaser to she's a great storm chaser. Is there a tipping point? Will there be a tipping point? I think there'll definitely be a tipping point. I think it's going to take a, a large effort of everybody in the community. Um, but yeah, hopefully that happens soon. I'm not exactly sure what, how, I'm not exactly sure how to make that happen. Uh, but I do have faith that it will happen soon. I think representation and, uh, you know, what you're doing with the girls who chase page is the, is the perfect starting point to get there because, you know, people, people follow the, the storm chasers that they see and they, you know, whenever you first get into this world, you're only seeing a small sample size and the more representation that the, the women and storm chasing and weather have, the better off we'll be in the, the, any progress is progress. And I think that you're, you're pushing that the right direction. I think starting on a small scale, like Mike said, will lead to a bigger scale. Uh, you know, maybe the networks and the media don't even themselves don't understand how many female chases exist out there. And like Mike said, what you're doing is giving a voice to them. So hopefully that changes. I think once it catches on, it, it snowballs too, because like um, the media networks tend to go with 
what's hot. And I think as soon as, as soon as you get to that point, I think, I think it'll snowball and, and, um, and I, I hope it snowballs for you for us. Absolutely. I do. I do too. Although I'm a little terrified. Right. You have a lot of health. <laughs> yes, that's true. I sure do. Skip Cameron. Yeah. Uh, um, I, I am a optimistic futurist. I think that we're, we're pretty close and, and that I'm also naive and, uh, ignorant in my own position and background. So it's difficult for me to say what, what that means and what it's going to take because half of me wants to say, well, sometimes I think we're already there because you do see the popular portrayal of storm chasing with a strong female lead, like in Twister and into the storm, uh, mm -hmm. and into the storms character is based off real storm chase. So you have Karen Kosebo's leading the science team in that, in that mission. I see stuff like that. And to me, it, it is the norm, but then of course we always have this long road that we have to go down. I, I share a lot of Skip's thoughts and I just, you know, like it, it won't, I, I don't think it's just going to be some massive <laughs> overthrow of the patriarchy at once. But I, I know that when you know, like one day we'll just wake up and realize that like, wow, like we're really, we're a lot more equal than we were 10 years ago. Yeah. Well, yeah, that would definitely be the hope. And I don't think the goal, I mean, it's funny because I, the overthrow of the patriarchy has <laughs> that, come up. Um, I don't, uh, oh. yeah. <laughs> I know. That was completely purposeful. <laughs> It's not, that's not what we're here for, right? I mean, it's, it's, there are plenty of other efforts out there looking at that. This is, um, like I said, this is much bigger than yeah. women. It's, it's, it's community driven and it has a different goal and a different purpose. Obviously, culturally, we want women to be considered equals in, in any capacity. Um, but there's no patriarchy to overthrow. <laughs> in this case <laughs> so before we talk about where to find you all on social um any last thoughts anything that didn't come up that you wanted to make sure we talked about or that was important to you um anything you wanted to throw out let's give jan a round of applause for starting this i'm surprised it took this long but you know it's it's, it's, amazing, to see. it's amazing to see and like i said it's uh it's it's humbling and it's an honor to be a part of this esteemed um group of, of fellows here and to be included it, it means the world to me because um you know i'm I, I see this going i see this um going going somewhere absolutely you have uh the sky's the limit for you right here and you know it's it's amazing to be a part of this all right um so cameron where can folks find you on social media Twitter, Cameron J. Nixon. All right. And what do you like to talk about on Twitter? What can they expect from you? Yeah. I'm very, I, I am a largely stick to weather person on Twitter. Okay. Great. Nicholas? Uh, I'm mostly active on Twitter, but also Instagram at NYC Storm Chaser. I mostly focus on photography. Skip. You can find me on YouTube at Skitel and Storm Chasing and at Google 
Skip Talbot, my webpage will come up and I'm on Facebook too. And my Chase partner, Jennifer Ridley Ugal, you can find her at Face of a Storm on her own website by that name and on Facebook. So then you get both sides of our, of our Chase team. I'm doing the, the video stuff and she's doing our photography and stills. Yeah. And just a pitch for Skip's educational videos um, mm -hmm. on storm spotting and, and chasing, they're excellent. So for those, for those who still feel new, um, highly recommend. And Mike. Agree a thousand percent. Um, so I'm on, I'm on all social media as, uh, at storm chase TV. It's recently become a team page with me and my chase partner, Connor McGrory. I also have my own personal pages at, uh, the scant man. It's not hard to find. Just go to storm chase TV. You can click on it there or check out Connor as well. Cause he's, you know, fantastic storm chaser. He's laying low these days. I bet he wishes he was right here on this panel, but, uh, you know, he echoes the same thoughts that we all have. He's a supporter. Yeah, so, so there are lots more opportunities. Um, and on that, yeah, on that note, we are unfortunately missing, uh, our fifth member today, Reed Timmer, who is preparing to strangely chase tomorrow in mid December, a giant trough, because apparently that's now when we have them. So um, I will be doing a follow-up episode with Reed um, to continue this conversation. And it's very likely, actually, that there will be more than that. Um, I'd really like to have a conversation with perhaps someone like Tim Marshall or folks who've really been around for quite a while who can speak to the history and some of the evolution of this. So um, stay tuned for a lot more from us on this topic and thank you all very much for your time and thoughts and energy and support um this is really what is going to make this go so thank you very thank much. you for having us thank you happy to be a part a big thank you to our media tier level patreon sponsors whose recent arrival and support is ensuring the continuation and growth of the girls who chase podcast they are Nasli Zainab, Angela Kramer, Pamela McMillan, Jen Lowry, Jennifer Grand, and Betsy. Today's episode was recorded and edited by me, Jen Walton. Our music is by Storm Chaser Lori Bailey in collaboration with artist Ines Lobo. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you find your podcasts. You can follow us at Girls Who Chase on Instagram and Twitter to hear about our upcoming events and see storm photos and videos from our badass contributors. You can support this initiative by donating or by becoming a Patreon member where you'll get exclusive access to storm chasing content, forecasting information, and merchandise. You can find links to all of these at girlswhochase.com and in the show notes. Signing off for now, we'll see you under a mezzo.